Canto three of the story of Rimini. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The story of Rimini by Lee Hunt. Canto three The Fatal Passion. Now why must I disturb a dream of bliss, or bring cold sorrow twixt the wedded kiss? sad is the strain with which i cheer my long and caged hours and try my native tongue now too while rains autumnal as i sing wash the dull bars chilling my sicklied wing and all the climate presses on my sense but thoughts it furnishes of things far hence and leafy dreams affords me and a feeling which i should else disdain tear-dipped and healing and shows me more than what it first designed how little upon earth our home we find or close the intended course of erring humankind enough of this yet how shall i disclose the weeping days that with the morning rose how bring the bitter disappointment in the holy cheat the virtue binding sin the shock that told this lovely trusting heart that she had given beyond all power to part her hope belief love passion to one brother possession oh the misery to another some likeness was there twixt the two an air at times a cheek a colour of the hair a tone when speaking of indifferent things nor by the scale of common measurings would you say more perhaps than that the one was more robust the other finelier spun that of the two giovanni was the graver paolo the livelier and the more in favour some tastes there were indeed that would prefer giovanni's countenance as the marshaller and twas a soldier's truly if an eye ardent and cool at once drawn back and high an eagle's nose and a determined lip were the best marks of manly soldiership paolo's was fashioned in a different mould and finer still i think for though twas bold when boldness was required and could put on a glowing frown as if an angel shone yet there was nothing in it one might call a stamp exclusive or professional no courtier's face and yet its smile was ready no scholar's yet its look was deep and steady no soldier's for its power was all of mind too true for violence and too refined a graceful nose was his lightsomely brought down from a forehead of clear-spirited thought wisdom looked sweet and inward from his eye and round his mouth was sensibility it was a face in short seemed made to show how far the genuine flesh and blood could go a morning-glass of unaffected nature something that baffled every pompous feature the visage of a glorious human creature if any points there were at which they came nearer together twas in knightly fame and all accomplishments that art may know hunting and princely hawking and the bow the rush together in the bright-eyed list forethoughted chess the riddle rarely missed and the decision of still knottier points with knife in hand of boar and peacock joints things that might shake the fame that tristan got and bring a doubt on perfect lancelot but leave we knighthood to the former part the tale i tell is of the human heart the worst of prince giovanni as his bride too quickly found was an ill-tempered pride bold handsome able if he chose to please punctual and right in common offices he lost the sight of conduct's only worth the scattering smiles on this uneasy earth and on the strength of virtues of small weight claimed towards himself the exercise of great 
he kept no reckoning with his sweets and sours he'd hold a sullen countenance for hours and then if pleased to cheer himself a space look for the immediate rapture in your face and wonder that a cloud could still be there how small soever when his own was fair yet such is conscience so designed to keep stern central watch though all things else go sleep and so much knowledge of one's self there lies cord after all in our complacencies that no suspicion would have touched him more than that of wanting on the generous score he would have whelmed you with a weight of scorn been proud at eve inflexible at morn in short ill-tempered for a week to come and all to strike that desperate error dumb taste had he in a word for high-turned merit but not the patience or the genial spirit and so he made twixt virtue and defect a sort of fierce demand on your respect which if assisted by his high degree it gave him in some eyes a dignity and struck a meaner deference in the many left him at last unlovable with any from this complexion in the reigning brother his younger birth perhaps had saved the other born to a homage less gratuitous he learned to win a nobler for his house and both from habit and a genial heart without much trouble of the reasoning art found this the wisdom and the sovereign good to be and make as happy as he could not that he saw or thought he saw beyond his general age and could not be as fond of wars and creeds as any of his race but most he loved a happy human face and wheresoe'er his fine frank eyes were thrown he struck the looks he wished for with his own his danger was lest feeling as he did too lightly he might leap o'er means forbid and in some tempting hour lose sight of crime o'er some sweet face too happy for the time but fears like these he never entertained and had they crossed him would have been disdained warm was his youth tis true nor had been free from lighter loves but virtue reverenced he and had been kept from men of pleasure's cares by dint of feelings still more warm than theirs so what but service leapt where'er he went was there a tilt-day or a tournament for welcome grace there rode not such another nor yet for strength except his lordly brother was there a court-day or a sparkling feast or better still in my ideas at least a summer party to the greenwood shade with lutes prepared and cloth on herbage laid and ladies laughter coming through the air he was the readiest and the blithest there and made the time so exquisitely pass with stories told with elbow on the grass or touched the music in his turn so finely that all he did they thought was done divinely the lovely stranger could not fail to see too soon this difference more especially as her consent too lightly now she thought with hopes far different had been strangely bought and many a time the pain of that neglect would strike in blushes o'er her self-respect but since the ill was cureless she applied with busy virtue to resume her pride and hoped to value her submissive heart on playing well a patriot daughter's part trying her new-found duties to prefer to what a father might have owed to her the very day too when her first surprise was full kind tears had come into her eyes on finding by his care her private room furnished like magic from her own at home the very books and all transported there the leafy tapestry and the crimson chair the lute the glass that told the shedding hours the little urn of silver for the flowers the frame for broidering with a piece half done and the white falcon basking in the sun who when he saw her sidled on his stand and twined his neck against her trembling hand but what had touched her nearest was the thought 
that if twere destined for her to be brought to a sweet mother's bed the joy would be giovanni's too and his her family he seemed already father of her child and on the nestling pledge in patient thought she smiled yet then a pang would cross her and the red in either downward cheek startle and spread to think that he who was to have such part in joys like these had never shared her heart but back she chased it with a sigh austere and did she chance at times like these to hear her husband's footstep she would hasten the more and with a double smile open the door and ask him after all his morning's doing how his new soldiers pleased him in reviewing or if the boar was slain which he had been pursuing the prince at this would bend on her an eye cordial enough and kiss her tenderly nor to say truly was he slow in common to accept the attentions of this lovely woman but then meantime he took no generous pains by mutual pleasing to secure his gains he entered not in turn in her delights her books her flowers her taste for rural sights nay scarcely her sweet singing minded he unless his pride was roused by company or when to please him after martial play she strained her lute to some old fiery lay of fierce orlando or of ferumbras or ryan's cloak or how by the red grass in battle you might know where richard was yet all the while no doubt however stern or cold at times he thought he loved in turn and that the joy he took in her sweet ways the pride he felt when she excited praise in short the enjoyment of his own good pleasure was thanks enough and passion beyond measure she had she loved him might have thought so too for what will love's exalting not go through till long neglect and utter selfishness shame the fond pride it takes in its distress but ill prepared was she in her hard lot to fancy merit where she found it not she who had been beguiled she who was made within a gentle bosom to be laid to bless and to be blessed to be heart bare to one who found his bettered likeness there to think forever with him like a bride to haunt his eye like taste personified to double his delight to share his sorrow and like a morning beam wake to him every morrow paolo meantime whoever since the day he saw her sweet looks bending o'er his way had stored them up unconsciously as graces by which to judge all other forms and faces had learned i know not how the secret snare which gave her up that evening to his care some babbler maybe of old guido's court or foolish friend had told him half in sport but to his heart the fatal flattery went and grave he grew and inwardly intent and ran back in his mind with sudden spring look gesture smile speech silence everything even what before had seemed indifference and read them over in another sense then would he blush with sudden self-disdain to think how fanciful he was and vain and with half angry half regretful sigh tossing his chin and feigning a free eye breathe off as twere the idle tale and look about him for his falcon or his book scorning that ever he should entertain one thought that in the end might give his brother pain this start however came so often round so often fell he in deep thought and found occasion to renew his carelessness yet every time the power grown less and less that by degrees half wearied half inclined to the sweet struggling image he resigned and merely as he thought to make the best of what by force would come about his breast began to bend down his admiring eyes on all her touching looks and qualities turning their shapely sweetness every way till twas his food and habit day by day and she became companion of his thought 
silence her gentleness before him brought society her sense reading her books music her voice every sweet thing her looks which sometimes seemed when he sat fixed awhile to steal beneath his eyes with upward smile and did he stroll into some lonely place under the trees upon the thick soft grass how charming would he think to see her here how heightened then and perfect would appear the two divinest things this world has got a lovely woman in a rural spot thus daily went he on gathering sweet pain about his fancy till it thrilled again and if his brother's image less and less startled him up from his new idleness twas not he fancied that he reasoned worse or felt less scorn of wrong but the reverse that one should think of injuring another or trenching on his peace this too a brother and all from selfishness and pure weak will to him seemed marvellous and impossible tis true thought he one being more there was who might meantime have weary hours to pass one weaker too to bear them and for whom no matter he could not reverse her doom and so he sighed and smiled as if one thought of paltering could suppose that he was to be caught yet if she loved him common gratitude if not a sense of what was fair and good besides his new relationship and right would make him wish to please her all he might and as to thinking where could be the harm if to his heart he kept its secret charm he wished not to himself another's blessing but then he might console for not possessing and glorious things there were which but to see and not admire was mere stupidity he might as well object to his own eyes for loving to behold the fields and skies his neighbour's grove or story-painted hall twas but the taste for what was natural only his favourite thought was loveliest of them all concluding thus and happier that he knew his ground so well near and more near he drew and sanctioned by his brother's manner spent hours by her side as happy as well meant he read with her he rode he went a-hawking he spent still evenings in delightful talking while she sat busy at her broidery frame or touched the lute with her and when they came to some fine part prepared her for the pleasure and then with double smile stole on the measure then at the tournament who there but she made him more gallant still than formerly couch o'er his tightened lance with double force pass like the wind sweeping down man and horse and franklier then than ever midst the shout and dancing trumpets ride uncovered round about his brother only more than hitherto he would avoid or sooner let subdue partly from something strange unfelt before partly because giovanni sometimes wore a knot his bride had worked him green and gold for in all things with nature did she hold and while twas being worked her fancy was of sunbeams mingling with a tuft of grass francesca from herself but ill could hide what pleasure now was added to her side how placidly yet fast the days succeeded with one who thought and felt so much as she did and how the chair he sat in and the room began to look when he had failed to come but as she better knew the cause than he she seemed to have the more necessity for struggling hard and rousing all her pride and so she did at first she even tried to feel a sort of anger at his care but these extremes brought but a kind despair and then she only spoke more sweetly to him and found her failing eyes give looks that melted through him 
giovanni too who felt relieved indeed to see another to his place succeed or rather filling up some trifling hours better spent elsewhere and beneath his powers left the new tie to strengthen day by day talked less and less and longer kept away secure in his self-love and sense of right that he was welcome most come when he might and doubtless they in their still finer sense with added care repaid this confidence turning their thoughts from his abuse of it to what on their own parts was graceful and was fit ah now ye gentle pair now think awhile now while ye still can think and still can smile now while your generous hearts have not been grieved perhaps with something not to be retrieved and ye have still within the power of gladness from self-resentment free and retrospective madness so did they think but partly from delay partly from fancied ignorance of the way and most from feeling the bare contemplation give them fresh need of mutual consolation they scarcely tried to see each other less and did but meet with deeper tenderness living from day to day as they were used only with graver thoughts and smiles reduced and sighs more frequent which when one would heave the other longed to start up and receive for whether some suspicion now had crossed giovanni's mind or whether he had lost more of his temper lately he would treat his wife with petty scorns and starts of heat and to his own omissions proudly blind or look the pains she took to make him kind and yet be angry if he thought them less he found reproaches in her meek distress forcing her silent tears and then resenting then almost angrier grown from half repenting and hinting at the last that some there were better perhaps than he and tastefuller and these for what he knew he little cared might please her and be pleased though he despaired then would he quit the room and half disdain himself for being in so harsh a strain and venting thus his temper on a woman yet not the more for that changed he in common or took more pains to please her and be near what should he truckle to a woman's tear at times like these the princess tried to shun the face of paolo as too kind a one and shutting up her tears with resolute sigh would walk into the air and see the sky and feel about her all the garden green and hear the birds that shot the covert boughs between a noble range it was of many a rood walled round with trees and ending in a wood indeed the whole was leafy and it had a winding stream about clear and glad that danced from shade to shade and on its way seemed smiling with delight to feel the day there was the pouting rose both red and white the flamy heartsease flushed with purple light blush hiding strawberry sunny coloured box hyacinth handsome with his clustering locks the lady lily looking gently down pure lavender to lay in bridal gown the daisy lovely on both sides in short all the sweet cups to which the bees resort with plots of grass and perfumed walks between of citron honeysuckle and jessamine with orange whose warm leaves so finely suit and look as if they'd shade a golden fruit and midst the flowers turfed round beneath a shade of circling pines a babbling fountain played and twixt their shafts you saw the water bright which through the darksome tops glimmered with showering light so now you walked beside an odorous bed of gorgeous hues white azure golden red and now turned off into a leafy walk close and continuous fit for lovers talk and now pursued the stream and as you trod onward and onward o'er the velvet sod 
felt on your face an air watery and sweet and a new sense in your soft lighting feet and then perhaps you entered upon shades pillowed with dells and uplands twixt the glades through which the distant palace now and then looked lordly forth with many windowed ken a land of trees which reaching round about in shady blessing stretched their old arms out with spots of sunny opening and with nooks to lie and read in sloping into brooks where at her drink you started the slim deer retreating lightly with a lovely fear and all about the birds kept leafy house and sung and sparkled in and out the boughs and all about a lovely sky of blue clearly was felt or down the leaves laughed through and here and there in every part were seats some in the open walks some in retreats with bowering leaves o'erhead to which the eye looked up half sweetly and half awfully places of nestling green for poets made where when the sunshine struck a yellow shade the slender trunks to inward peeping sight thronged in dark pillars up the gold-green light but twixt the wood and flowery walks half-way and formed of both the loveliest portion lay a spot that struck you like enchanted ground it was a shallow dell set in a mound of sloping shrubs that mounted by degrees the birch and poplar mixed with heavier trees from under which sent through a marble spout betwixt the dark wet green a rill gushed out whose low sweet talking seemed as if it said something eternal to that happy shade the ground within was lawn with plots of flowers heaped towards the centre and with citron bowers and in the midst of all clustered about with bay and myrtle and just gleaming out lurked a pavilion a delicious sight small marble well proportioned mellowy white with yellow vine leaves sprinkled but no more and a young orange either side the door the door was to the wood forward and square the rest was domed at top and circular and through the dome the only light came in tinged as it entered with the vine leaves thin it was a beauteous piece of ancient skill spared from the rage of war and perfect still by most supposed the work of fairy hands famed for luxurious taste and choice of lands alcina or morgana who from fights and errant fame inveigled amorous knights and lived with them in a long round of blisses feasts concerts baths and bower in shaded kisses but twas a temple as its sculpture told built to the nymphs that haunted there of old for o'er the door was carved a sacrifice by girls and shepherds brought with reverend eyes of sylvan drinks and foods simple and sweet and goats with struggling horns and planted feet and on a line with this ran round about a like relief touched exquisitely out that showed in various scenes the nymphs themselves some by the waterside on bowery shelves leaning at will some in the water sporting with sides half swelling forth and looks of courting some in a flowery dell hearing a swain play on his pipe till the hills ring again some tying up their long moist hair some sleeping under the trees with fawns and satyrs peeping or sidelong eyed pretending not to see the latter in the brakes come creepingly while their forgotten urns lying about in the green herbage let the water out never be sure before or since was seen a summer-house so fine in such a nest of green all the green garden flower-bed shade and plot francesca loved but most of all this spot whenever she walked forth wherever went about the grounds to this at last she bent 
here she had brought a lute and a few books here would she lie for hours with grateful looks thanking at heart the sunshine and the leaves the summer raindrops counting from the eaves and all that promising calm smile we see in nature's face when we look patiently then would she think of heaven and you might hear sometimes when everything was hushed and clear her gentle voice from out those shades emerging singing the evening anthem to the virgin the gardeners and the rest who served the place and blessed whenever they beheld her face knelt when they heard it bowing and uncovered and felt as if in air some sainted beauty hovered one day twas on a summer afternoon when airs and gurgling brooks are best in tune and grasshoppers are loud and day-work done and shades have heavy outlines in the sun the princess came to her accustomed bower to get her if she could a soothing hour trying as she was used to leave her cares without and slumberously enjoy the airs and the low talking leaves and that cool light the vines let in and all that hushing sight of closing wood seen through the opening door and distant plash of waters tumbling o'er and smell of citron blooms and fifty luxuries more she tried as usual for the trial's sake for even that diminished her heartache and never yet how ill soe'er at ease came she for nothing midst the flowers and trees yet somehow or another on that day she seemed to feel too lightly borne away too much relieved too much inclined to draw a careless joy from everything she saw and looking round her with a new-born eye as if some tree of knowledge had been nigh to taste of nature primitive and free and bask at ease in her heart's liberty painfully clear those rising thoughts appeared with something dark at bottom that she feared and snatching from the fields her thoughtful look she reached o'erhead and took her down a book and fell to reading with as fixed an air as though she had been wrapped since morning there twas lancelot of the lake a bright romance that like a trumpet made young pulses dance yet had a softer note that shook still more she had begun it but the day before and read with a full heart half sweet half sad how old king ban was spoiled of all he had but one fair castle how one summer's day with his fair queen and child he went away to ask the great king arthur for assistance how reaching by himself a hill at distance he turned to give his castle a last look and saw its far white face and how a smoke as he was looking burst in volumes forth and good king ban saw all that he was worth and his fair castle burning to the ground so that his wearied pulse felt overwound and he lay down and said a prayer apart for those he loved and broke his poor old heart then read she of the queen with her young child how she came up and nearly had gone wild and how in journeying on in her despair she reached a lake and met a lady there who pitied her and took the baby sweet into her arms when lo with closing feet she sprang up all at once like bird from brake and vanished with him underneath the lake the mother's feelings we as well may pass the fairy of the place that lady was and launcelot so the boy was called became her inmate till in search of knightly fame he went to arthur's court and played his part so rarely and displayed so frank a heart that what with all his charms of look and limb the queen genura fell in love with him and here with growing interest in her reading the princess doubly fixed was now proceeding ready she sat with one hand to turn o'er the leaf 
to which her thoughts ran on before the other propping her white brow and throwing its ringlets out under the skylight glowing so sat she fixed and so observed was she of one who at the door stood tenderly paolo who from a window seeing her go straight across the lawn and guessing where had thought she was in tears and found that day his usual efforts vain to keep away may i come in said he it made her start that smiling voice she coloured pressed her heart a moment as for breath and then with free and usual tone said oh yes certainly there's apt to be at conscious times like these an affectation of a bright-eyed ease an air of something quite serene and sure as if to seem so was to be secure with this the lovers met with this they spoke with this they sat down to the self-same book and paolo by degrees gently embraced with one permitted arm her lovely waist and both their cheeks like peaches on a tree leaned with a touch together thrillingly and o'er the book they hung and nothing said and every lingering page grew longer as they read and thus they sat and felt with leaps of heart their colour change they came upon the part where fond genura with her flame long nursed smiled upon launcelot when he kissed her first that touch at last through every fibre slid and paolo turned scarce knowing what he did only he felt he could no more dissemble and kissed her mouth to mouth all in a tremble sad were those hearts and sweet was that long kiss sacred be love from sight whate'er it is the world was all forgot the struggle o'er desperate the joy that day they read no more End of Canto 3